Welcome to the Coop Tank. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, coming to you from Sweet Recording in beautiful Mount Laurel in New Jersey. And, you know, to tell you something about Sweet Recording is the producer of the show, the owner of Sweet Recording, and my buddy who's one hell of a guy, it's Joe Gangemi. What's up, Joe? Yo, Coop, what's going on? Yes, this is Joe from Sweet Recording. At Sweet Recording, we help brands, businesses, and organizations to launch podcasts and YouTube channels of their own. From those podcast episodes, we can then help to create social media content like video clips, blog posts, and more. It's an efficient and effective approach to digital marketing. So if you're interested in learning more, you can contact me anytime at hello at sweetrecording.com or visit us on the web at sweetrecording.com. Again, that's S-U-I-T-E. Take it away, Coop. All right, so people, definitely check them out. They do a great job here. Anyway, we have a great show. Some friends of mine. Uh, it's great to have them on. And uh, first, our first guest is from uh, Nicole Simone and Coaching. It's Nicole Simone. And how are you doing, Nicole? I'm doing great, Steve. Thanks for having me on. And uh, next, from uh, we, we won't give them a hard time, from the Washington Commanders <laughs> is uh, TJ Smink. How are you doing, TJ? What's going on, Coop? Thanks, thanks for having me. And finally, from Huntington Learning Center, Mr. Rich Bernstein. How you doing, Rich? I am great, Coop. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to it today. All right. So, Nicole, tell us a little about what you do about Nicole Simonin coaching. Well, I am the person to call when you want to lose weight for the last time. Uh, my main focus is women over 40. I just turned 50, actually, this summer. So as you go through, if you're a woman, you know there's some changes that happen in the 40s. However, my biggest differentiator, I don't know if that's a word, difference is um, mindset, right? You can do the workouts, you can do the food and know all the things, but if what's going on between your ears is not uh, aligned with your goals, you are going to have a really hard time sustaining that weight loss. So, Okay, and how, about, how about you, TJ? Tell us what you do with the commanders. Yeah, I'm, I'm the manager of premium hospitality down here. So I work with companies all around the DMV who are looking for unique experiences and bolstering relationships with their top prospects, clients, and employees uh, through the use of tickets. So it could be season tickets, could be group tickets, could be a suite for a game, suite for the season. Everybody's different. So we, we like getting the chance to set up time to talk and learning about companies and figuring out what could make sense, if anything. How about you, Rich? Tell us about Huntington Learning Center. So you can see over my shoulder, we what we brand ourselves is reading, math, study skills, and SAT and ACT prep. And when I came to Huntington 28 years ago, I told one of the trainers that I, I was coming from the life insurance business. He scratched his chin. He said to me, hmm, life insurance. That's what we do. Really what we do is prepare people, mostly kids, for what's coming next, whether it's middle school, high school, college, or the real world. See, okay, that's great. Now, you know what you know what I like about this panel is we're all in different fields and we're all different ages and different stages of our lives. Now, I want to know, I'm going to ask you, how, how did you get to where you are right now? I mean, you know, we all take the different paths and we all do different ways. And uh, Nicole, how did you end up doing what you do? Because I know you used to be a ballerina, right? I was. I was going to say when I was four, we're going way back, <laughs> I started ballet class. Um, yeah, fast forward years later, I became a professional ballet dancer. Then I decided that I didn't want to do too much on my body and went into physical therapy. So I have a medical degree as a physical therapist assistant, worked in that field. I absolutely loved it. Um, then I got married and had kids and was like, I want to own my own business. So I started what was shape it up fitness back in 2006 as a personal trainer. Still, I'm a personal trainer. Um, 
did the boot camps in the park, mommy me boot camps. It was so much fun with my kids growing up. And again, through my transit transition through aging, um, when I discovered mindset, I found that, you know, the people that I was working with earlier on, they were doing the workouts and getting the body that they wanted, but they were, you know, struggling with the food and seeing them later on, they didn't keep the weight off. So when I started going through my mindset journey of understanding why I do the things that I do, I started putting it on clients and the results are amazing. Like it's so easy to not only just lose it, but to keep it off. So I really feel like mindset is the secret sauce. So I can't wait. I've loved every aspect of my life. Like I loved being a professional ballet dancer, loved physical therapy, loved being a personal trainer, and I love being a coach now. And so whatever's next, I cannot wait because it's just going to get even better. That's awesome, man. How about you, TJ? How'd you get to where you are these days? Yeah, no, I um, uh, very much started back in college. I um, I'm probably a little bit younger than most people here. I'm, I just turned 30 uh, a week ago, actually. So, um, but uh, very much uh, started in college and working my tail off uh, through internships uh, to land a job with the Philadelphia Union soccer team where I was for the first six years of my career. So from there, it was very much just grinding, taking coaching, uh, showing that I was able to utilize what my mentors were teaching me and putting that into what I was saying and doing numerous, numerous phone calls each and every day um, to then essentially uh, finding that my niche was very much creating relationships with businesses. So um, very much made sure that I was going out to networking events, very much made sure I was um, calling on companies and such, uh, knowing that they were the ones who very much could utilize what I was offering, um, which was a way to very much bolster those relationships, which I mentioned before. Um, and in doing so, kind of climbed my way up to the top with the Philadelphia Union uh, to then get a call from the Washington Commanders back in uh, May, or I guess it was April of 2022, where they were kind of going through a whole reshuffle, we can say, uh, back then um, to where they were looking for people to come down and uh, very much mend the relationships that had been previously torn. Uh, in the business community and with me being a relationship builder with me very much taking pride in going to networking events and meeting people out in the community and knowing that I could take those hard conversations. Uh, it made a lot of sense knowing that the people that I was coming to work for um, had done what I had been doing for a lot longer. So I found that I could learn from them. So uh, very much made my way down here then. And once uh, the news broke that Dan was selling the team, uh, we were able to very much take advantage of that. And the relationships that I had built that said that they wouldn't do anything until he sold the team very much came into my uh, uh, into <laughs> into play then once once the news broke back in July. That's amazing. It's funny how the people just really hated that guy. And it's so good for you because you're right. And, and we don't think about that. We don't think about it in the business world. You know, there's some people you just don't want to do business. Like I'm like, if I see a commercial, I don't like, I'm like, I'm not doing that business. Even though it could be like the nicest car. I'm not buying that. But uh, Rich, so how did you end up? It's 28 years ago, you said, how did you end up at Huntington Learning Center? So I was working, I was in the insurance business. I actually was an insurance major in college. Um, I earned professional designations within three years of graduating from college, um, mostly worked in, in what we call the wholesale field, where I was the intermediary between insurance agents and the insurance company and the life insurance side of things. And um, loved it, I was good at it. 
Um, but I, I got myself in an environment where I was working in a small company uh, owned by a few real jerks um, who uh, promised uh, promised us the world and never delivered. And I knew it was time for me to get out and do my own thing. Um, I was so jaded at that point, I wanted to get out of that business. But I wanted to build, um, I wanted to use my skill set in a field where I thought it would work. And, and as TJ said, it was about relationship. I was good at relationship building. I was good at talking on the phone. I was good at making presentations. Those types of things I wanted to bring into a business that would be helpful. Um, but I also knew that I didn't want to do, um, I didn't want to sell widgets. I didn't want to sell fast food. I didn't want to sell, I didn't want to be in the food business. So I started looking around and, um, you know, I came upon a different type of um, tutoring business that was available to be purchased. And uh, they, it was an independent, and I just didn't feel like I had the educational background to do that. I stumbled upon Huntington that was selling some uh, local centers. And, uh, you know, there I, I knew I would get trained. I knew I would learn everything I needed to know about the tutoring business. And, uh, you know, we started with one center in Springfield, Pennsylvania, ran that for about 11 years. Uh, five, years into, uh, five years into that, we, with some partners, purchased a center in Wilmington, Delaware. Um, they were bought them out two years later. That didn't work out well with them. Um, and then a few years after that, decided to get back to this side of the river, the New Jersey side, where uh, our kids were growing up and, and needing a little bit more support in high school. So uh, we first bought the Cherry Hill Center and then uh, had the Turnersville Center two years later. And that was 19 years ago. We've had the two of them. So it's been uh, it's been a great experience. I worked with um, – the number is about fifteen to 17,000 students at this point. That's amazing. Now, I got to ask you, all of you, uh, what's a weakness you need to overcome? Like me, I procrastinate. Like I told my wife I would put, I would put the uh, Christmas lights out. And it's not even lights. I'm just like sticking candy canes in the ground. Nothing major. I would do it last week. And, and now I'm like, I'm looking at the bag. So today I have to go home and do it. But that's one of the things I have to work on. I'm a major procrastinator. I'm trying to write a book. And it's all in my head. I just don't sit down and write. What's something... A weakness we could say that you have to work on tj what's something that you have to work on in your business world so as i said like i, I very much pride myself on being a relationship guy um, but with that being the case uh i get asked a lot of different either people that i know or companies or whatnot uh for like little tasks and stuff and i need to do a better job of saying no if that makes sense um because everyone wants to work with an NFL team. Everyone wants to work with a professional franchise uh, of some sort. And sometimes it doesn't necessarily make sense. So like when I get asked for like free tickets and stuff, like it's, it pains me that I can't help friends when they want to do stuff like that. But at the same time, like I only get, I, I we, we get two tickets per game. And once those two tickets are gone, like there's nothing I can do to help. So it's, it's that's that's the big thing that I need to uh, work on myself is more saying no more frequently. See that then that's that says something good about you though. It says you're a good person because a lot of people are like ah just turn everyone. How about you, Nicole? What do you what do you have to work on? My, following my calendar, I really <laughs> have a hard time. I will have things put on there. So like my podcast, um, I'll be honest, my podcast does phenomenally well. Um, I haven't posted one in like a month. And it just keeps getting pushed back. Now I'm getting ready to rebrand, but um, so there's part of that, but yeah, it's really following that calendar and really sticking to it. Cause I know when I do stick to it, like magical things happen. Like I get some 
stuff done. So, um, yeah, that's probably my biggest weakness. How about you, Rich? Well, I would say that, you know, if I, if I was one of my students today, if I was growing up in first, second, third grade, I would be the uh, poster child for ADHD, I think. So that is distractedness. It's, it's just, you know, I'm easily distracted. So I don't always follow through on things at this moment. I'm, I, I don't start it and finish it all at the same time. Um, causes me to have to work a whole lot harder to get the same things done, more hours. But I, at the end of the day, I get the work done. But now that's not sitting and talking to somebody. I have parents in my office all the time. I can sit and talk to people for six straight hours and I'm great. I'm not distracted even a little bit, but it comes to paperwork. It comes to writing reports, things like that. No way. I can't, I just can't do it straight through. Um, and I've learned that. And frankly, for, you know, even before I was in this business, I've learned that I just had to put in more hours than other people because, uh, and I did that when I, when I study in college. I had to put in more time in order to get the same amount of work done sometimes. So, but you live with it. You learn to live, but it's a weakness. So there are weaknesses. I want to go to challenges now. What's a challenge that you've had in the last year? A challenge that you've overcome? It could be in a business. It could be, you know, personal. I mean, you know, we'll start with you, Rich. What's a challenge that you've overcome? Um, overcome. Well, or, or dealt with. Well, I'll tell you what I, I'm dealing with constantly these days. And that's perception. Um, so, for example, uh, in, in, you've probably read there's been a lot of press the last couple of months about how well students are doing, but they're really not doing well. Um, they're, uh, you know, everybody's getting A's these days, and they really don't learn what they need to learn. So the challenge we have is getting our customers to understand that just because your student is getting a 3.5 GPA, 3.8 GPA does not mean they're prepared for high school, prepared for college, or that they have the skills that presumably they have by getting an A or a high B in a in a class. How about you, TJ? What's it? What's, and I know you've had, we know you've had a challenging life. You know, you went through a lot through cancer and everything, and you've overcome that. But what's a challenge that you've had in the last year that you're dealing with or you've overcome? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, keeping it business related, like I, as I said, like we, we had challenges at first that were very much focused around wanting to do business with our team because of our ownership. Um, and since July, that of course has changed because we've had a new ownership group come in, the owner of the uh, 76ers and the devils, uh, Josh Harris came in as our majority owner with a number of limited partners as well. Um, but with that being the case, then, you know, that, objection that they had with not wanting to do business with the team because of the owner then turns into we don't want to do business with the team because the team isn't winning or some the, the the stadium isn't necessarily up to date so it's a lot more objection handling now uh with things that you know we can absolutely control because before it was just a masked objection for the most part um so now it's very much just finding ways that we can get people to understand that you know it takes time. Rome wasn't built in a day. And these guys came in six weeks before the season started and are very much making upgrades to the stadium as well as upgrades to the roster. But, you know, they came in right before the season started. So there's nothing that we could necessarily do throughout the course of the season this year where it's going to be interesting to kind of see how things partake uh, with the offseason coming up. How about you, Nicole? What's a, what's a challenge that you're dealing with or you've overcome in the last year? 
Yeah. So mine is definitely of a personal nature. Um, I decided to leave a 20 year marriage and go get my own apartment and do all the things that comes with have going through a divorce. Um, I will say it's been a challenge in the sense of really noticing how much I lost myself in the marriage, right. And rediscovering like who the heck I really am. Um, yeah. So it, it really was, it was really just taking a leap of faith of like, everything's going to fall together and it really has, it's been an incredible experience moving forward. And I'm really looking forward to this next chapter. Um, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> there you go. Okay. That's honesty. So y'all in the beginning, we talked about what you do and you're all here and you all like your jobs. I can tell but what's the favorite thing about your job? Like, if you could sit the one favorite thing, you know, it may be like when I interview people, I just interviewed Stephen Bauer from Scarface. We talked for an hour and 20 minutes. He's coming back on and he sent me an email and he goes, I definitely want to come back on. You, you listened and you asked good questions. To me, that's my favorite thing is listening to the people and hear their story. But for you, Nicole, what's the favorite, like the favorite thing? I mean, you can like someone saying, oh, I love this, Nicole, that I lost weight. But what's the favorite thing? What's your favorite thing about your job? I really, really love the psychology behind what I do. Um, and I love when clients come in and they think they can't do it. So I had a client that joined my group program and she was like, I believe in your program. I just don't think I can do it. And I was like, you have special snowflake syndrome, right? So we went through the program. It was a 12-week program. And <laughs> she wound up losing, the goal of the program is to lose 10 pounds. But she wound up losing 17 pounds. And she lost the most out of everybody. And I was like, so my little special snowflake. Like, I love that, like, you know, in general, when people go on a diet or weight loss, it's like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be so grueling and hard. And it doesn't have to be that way. It's like giving them that that gift of like, no, it can be really easy. And you can do a lot more with what you think that you're going to be able to do and keep it off. So, yeah, I always I always say I want to go on a juice diet, a juice diet, a gin and juice diet. That would be good for me. Uh, TJ, what do you love about you? What's the one thing that your favorite thing about what you do? Because as you said, we know you love relationships and you love building them. But what's the when it comes push comes to stuff? What's the favorite thing about your job for you? So for me, um, people get a misconception of what it exactly it is working in sports so they think they get to go to the go to the games and watch the games and such where that very much is not the case like I'm going around and I'm making sure that everyone else is having a great time and the, my favorite thing is win or lose when people are having just an awesome experience to the point where when I walk in like they light up they come over shake my hand like thank me so much for the experience we were able to set up for them um because sure like we love the game winning touchdowns we love the goals that are scored in the 90th minute we love the experiences that the team does on the field but on the other side of things i love interacting with the fans like that's that's very much why i do what i do to see the smiles that we're able to produce week in and week out um for the people that are coming into the stadium how about you rich what do you what do you love about what you do uh i love the successes um you know i i went into this business knowing it was hard knowing that i probably got going to get it could have gotten into things that made a lot more money but um, I did it because it, it really helps people. And, you know, to hear that a student got into a college that didn't look like they'd ever get into, or they were able to graduate high school when they were, you know, in 12th grade, reading a fifth grade reading level, or, you know, 
uh, students threatened with being retained and it ends up not only not being retained, but but thrives. Um, I, I ran to somebody at the auto show a couple of years ago and I worked with their daughter. Uh, she was she was about 30. I'd worked with her when she was seven and she had gone on to being threatened for retention and had gotten a, um, a nursing degree and was going for a master's in nurse. That's the kind of stuff that gets me working all day, every day, because I know that's the result of what we do. OK, well, I want to stay with you and ask you, what do you not like about your job because we always sit there and we, we spout the positive which you should but with any positive there is a negative what do you not like about your job rich well i deal with a lot of employees because we have a lot of part-time employees and that creates its own challenge of people who uh you know they don't they don't view what we do as important as to as we do so you know they don't can't find a way to get to work for some silly reason things like that um, I have to deal with a lot of individuals, some of whom, uh, you know, well, you know, my kid was absent today, but don't charge me, even though I just called you five minutes before they were due, and there's a teacher waiting for him, things like that. That's never a fun thing. Um, they're the biggest ones, you know, it's great working with people, but it's a challenge working with people. I just think parents are a pain in the ass these days. I see it at the supermarket. I always sit there. I'm at that supermarket, and, like, the kid's not even helping bagging. Like, they're like, just waiting for the bag. I'm like, you're nine. If I was nine, I'd have to, like, do the bags, and my mom would probably make me sweep the floor of the supermarket. Yeah. I'm sitting there. I, I look, and I go, tell the kid. The kid's just sitting there on his phone. I'm like, make the kid bag. So I, I feel for you. I feel for you because you probably deal with a lot of shit. Now, how about you, TJ? What don't you like about your job besides that you're an Eagles fan and you're working for the Commanders? So I was actually going to say, like, that's that's probably the big thing. Because for me, like, I'm always going to root for the team that's paying the bills. But at the same time, like, I'm also working for a team that's in the division of the team that I grew up rooting for. So the thing that probably stands out the most is, you know, my, my friends and family. When, when, the, when the Commanders beat the Eagles on Monday Night Football last year, I got kicked out of every group chat, friends, <laughs> family, college friends. Uh, and I wasn't let back in for a week and it might've been the loneliest I've been <laughs> since I've been down here. Uh, so that, that's probably, um, the big thing, uh, for me, but I mean, it's, it's really cool just being able to go out and say that I work for the commanders and I get to show a picture of like what my view of the stadium looks like from my desk, where I can very easily say that, you know, there's a lot of people that can't say that where they get to oversee a field, um, uh, day in and day out. And it's very much a reminder as to why I enjoy working where I do. How about you? How about you, Nicole? What do you not like about your job? It's really when people come on the call and they're like, like when I'm first meeting them and they're all excited and they're like, are you going to give me a meal plan? Are you going to tell me exactly what to eat? Are you going to like basically spoon feed everything to me? And that's so much in dieters mentality. Um, I talk about that a lot, like, but it's so, it's frustrating for me because, you know, my generation, we grew up in this era of like, you have to follow a diet in order to be successful. And I just, it's very frustrating because I'm like, no, it doesn't need to be as complicated. It doesn't need to be as hard and restrictive as you think it needs to be. Um, so that would probably be my biggest frustration with talking to, especially women, you know, about this. Um, yeah, it's frustrating. 
Now, I want to get into networking, because I met you all through networking, and, and we're all at a different stage in networking. TJ, you said you just turned 30. I met you when you were probably 25 and uh, or 26, whatever. And uh, I think sometimes it's harder for young people to network. Nicole, you're a woman. I think it's sometimes women around. And Rich, you've been networking for a long time, so you know a lot of people. What... Give me something positive and negative you take away from networking. Like I'll say, I hate clicks and I hate just people that are phony. And that's just thing. But positive, I love meeting people like you. But give me something positive and negative from networking that, that when you go to an event, you think this could happen or, or this might happen. We'll start with you, Nicole. Yeah, negative. Um, so I started networking, I don't know, years ago, and I had a really bad experience. Um, I went into this group and it was like, basically like shove their business card in your face. And if you weren't even interested, they had like, you didn't exist anymore. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I don't know if networking is for me. Um, but then I went to another one. Um, and this is the positive, like the next one that I went to, which was like maybe eight years later, the, I knew the woman, she was actually in one of my boot camp classes and she was like, Oh, come in. And she introduced me to everybody. So I love when someone kind of takes the hand of the new kid that comes in <laughs> and introduces them to other people and makes them feel comfortable because I do feel like there's this like high school aspect sometimes when you go into networking events where it's like, if you're just stepping in and you don't really know people, you're just kind of wandering around and nobody, you know, makes the effort to be like, Hey, how are you? And, and things like that. So that would be my positive and negative. How about you, TJ? Because you were a young guy when you started networking. You know, you didn't, you know, that's, I mean, there is, you know, I always look at it. I always try to take young people under my wing, especially if they went to Stockton, where I'm at the college or Cherry Hill East, you know, where I'm at the high school. I always look out for them. But for you, what was it like? What did you, as a young person, it must have been different because you're walking in with a lot of, you know, older people. Yeah, um, it was definitely different. But at the same time, as I mentioned, like I'm, probably the most social person that I know, like my girlfriend has told me multiple times, if, if a wall could give me a, mm -hmm and yeah, like I could probably have a good, like 30 minute conversation uh, without stopping. And with that, it very, I very much learned um, early on, like that there are people that are there to build relationships and there are people that are there to try and sell their product. And that, like Nicole said, like, those are the ones that are putting the business card in your face and very much trying to get you to purchase whatever they have. And with me working for a professional franchise, like I can tell you that I've had people that have come up to me with their local print t-shirt thing. And I had to sit there and tell them, look like, ma'am, like we're, we do all of our product through fanatics. So like, I don't, I don't know how to get you to understand this. Like I can't purchase anything from you. But the thing that I do love about networking is that you never know where a conversation can lead you. So for me, I met someone through the Jersey Man Legacy Club who introduced me to a person that they knew that enjoyed soccer down in North Carolina, who was on their high school soccer team with someone who went to Penn that owned an IT company up in Bluebell. So from there, that person up in Bluebell ended up purchasing season tickets from me, but I had to go all the way down to North Carolina to then get introduced to the person that's all the way up here. So like, I loved that even though maybe the person that I originally chatted with didn't necessarily lead me to a sale with that person, they eventually got me in the right direction to someone who actually was interested and could utilize what we were selling uh, to advance their um, business up in the area that I was working at. 
And I'm going to pat myself on the back here. Because of me, TJ got to meet Rich Redman after the Jason Aldean concert. So there, that's through networking. That was just a, a exactly. random thing. I had nothing. I didn't. I mean, <laughs> we're different ages, and but just it was a random thing, and he was a Jason Aldean fan. But that's what's the positive thing about for me for networking. How about you, Mr. Bernstein? Because you're you're out and about all the time. Yeah. Well, I, well. Before I get there, let me just tell you that um, I, I I I love hearing TJ talk because I met through your calls on during COVID, and I've been able to watch TJ network. But more importantly, I've been able to watch him work the crowd in the stadium. There ain't nobody does it as well as he does. And I've been in a lot of stadiums and in a bunch of places, and and he does it great. I, it, you got to come back. To, that, you got to come back to the U, my friend. You got to come back. Um, anyhow, so what do I, I, what I love about networking, I guess the best part about it, the thing I love best is when I go to one of the networking groups and, and they ask for shout outs and or I say, I talk, talk about my branding song goes, Hey, Bernstein really helped my kid that because that tells me all that time you put into it is paying off. Um, because I, for a long time, I wasn't a big fan of networking. I didn't think it was going to work. And I will tell you an awful lot of people in my field will sit in their chair and never get out of that chair and won't go to networking. And in my mind, it's, I can have, if I can be in front of 40 people and talk about my brand, I now have 40 ambassadors going out there talking about my brand for me. And that's what really needs to happen. What I don't like is like you, Coop, I don't like clicks. I don't like when I go to a networking meeting and all the bankers sit together, even if they're from different banks. And all the car dealers sit together or I go to a networking meeting and it never grows. And it's the same people talking about the same things all the time. Those are the things I don't like. And, and, you know, I'm in one group right now where those of us who are, it's a small group that we're all trying to get it to grow because, you know, it's a small click at the moment and we can't let it happen that way or it's no longer worth our time. Okay. Now I want you to each give me, Two characteristics that you think that describes you. Like mine is I'm genuine and I'm funny. And I can say that I am. I'm funny. I, I, Rich has seen me perform. I'm a funny guy. But uh, TJ, two characteristics that uh, that describe you. Uh, the two that came to mind at first, I would say, first and foremost, hardworking. Like I very much try to, I, I pride myself on trying to be the hardest working person in the room. Um, and with everything that I've had to go through health wise with my cancer journey back in 2020, I would say resilient. And with that, I've been able to very much connect with numerous other people who were going through the same battle that I used to have to go through. And I now kind of coach them through their diagnosis, whether it's the same diagnosis I had or ones that other had, like I'm very much able to use my story to connect with other people and very much coach them through the mental aspect of hearing the words that you have cancer. How about you, Rich? Well, besides the fact that not up on stage, but otherwise I'm funnier than you are besides that. Um, <laughs> I would say that um, one is I, I, I try to be knowledgeable. You know, I was in the, I told you I was in the insurance business. Now I'm in the education business. I try to know everything there is to know about my field so I can be a resource for for my customers and networking people, things like that. Um, the other is, and, and, and I'll, I'll use the term, I, I've told my kids and my my family, um, they know that when, when at some day, when, if you say anything about me at all, my tombstone should read, he was a mensch. Mensch is a Yiddish word that, that basically means he was a good guy. So I, I, I like to think I'm a mensch. 
I want, I want to nosh with a mensch. I want to nosh with a mensch. There you go. Okay. You, you nosh with me all the time. I know. <laughs> How about you, Nicole? Two, uh, two characteristics. Um, I really feel like I'm a, a good listener. Um, that would be one. And my second one, really, I will call you out on your bullshit. <laughs> like, and I think that it, uh, is an advantage <clears throat> being a coach because, you know, when people work with me, I'm not, you're not hiring me to be your best friend or your accountability buddy. You're hiring me to get you to the results that you want. And, you know, sometimes I think that we wander around and, you know, when people blow smoke up our patooties, uh, feels great, but like, let's get real sometimes, you know, I think we need to really say what's on our minds sometimes, you know, in a, in a loving and compassionate way. <laughs> That's well, that actually leads me to the next part of my, interview with you guys. I want to talk about social media. I want to talk about LinkedIn. And I always have to preface this by, I love LinkedIn, but a lot of it shit annoys me on it. And it's funny because each of you have, what you do is perfect for LinkedIn. Like, you know, promote something about sports. Everyone likes to read that. Rich, learning, people want to see an article. Nicole, health and fitness is perfect. One thing that bothers me lately is, well, I, I, I know a musician who's a drummer for Ace Freely and Mr. Big, and he's also a coach. And he said, basically, likes don't equal business. And that's true. I think a lot of people go on LinkedIn to get likes and they'll comment. And I see some of the most insincere comments and I'm not, and, and I hate the celebrate button. Me and my wife had an argument about that. I, I, give me a like or a love. I don't need you to celebrate it unless it's a birthday. Don't do the celebration. It's like, really, like, you you ha went to an event. We celebrate that. You went to a fucking event, okay? <laughs> anyway, LinkedIn, what do you not like about it? Because people will sit there and some people go, oh, I really love LinkedIn. And I love it, but like anything, I love my wife, but it pisses me off that when I get up in the morning, she sits there, she leaves the work for me, and she goes, make the bed, and when she comes home, she remakes the bed because I don't do it right. I don't like that. I love her, but I don't like that. But TJ, what is something you don't like about LinkedIn? Uh, personally, I don't like it when people use LinkedIn the same way that they use Facebook. Uh, I, I think that LinkedIn is very much the professional social networking aspect. So like when I'm posting on it, I'm posting about like concert announcements and like upgrades to our stadium. And, you know, like, Hey, like we've got this team coming in a couple of weeks. It just became a sellout, but you can still get in if, you were interested in looking at a suite. Like I very much use it from the business aspect, but like there are posts that'll get like the tens of thousands of likes and such. But then I'll also see like others where it's like they're hitting on people on LinkedIn. It's it's the weirdest thing to me. So like, I like it when people keep it professional because that's what LinkedIn is supposed to be used for as opposed to very much just not. How about you, Nicole? And, and you're a woman, so it might be different for you. You might get some really creepy DMs sometimes. But, I hope uh, not. Not, uh, but <laughs> not, not, not. Not me, TJ. Not, not her, not you, TJ. I'll send you some creepy DMs, TJ, just to piss you off. Nicole, <laughs> what, what is something you don't like about uh, LinkedIn? Um, yeah, I do get some random things. Not so much the creepy. The creepier are more on Instagram and Facebook, for sure. But, um, yeah, I feel like it's funny you say that, TJ, because... I feel like LinkedIn for me, I have a hard time feeling like I'm presenting a professional post. Um, like I almost feel like LinkedIn's a little stuffy sometimes, like it's it's too professional in, in just my opinion. I feel like like I posted something, I don't know when it was, it was a while ago, um, 
I don't even remember what it was. I think it was about food. And I know Steve, you don't like about the food thing, but um, somebody made a comment like, this is not meant for LinkedIn. And I was like, do you eat food? Like, <laughs> how is that not part of your life? Right. So um, yeah. So I would say what I don't like is the stuffiness. I also don't like that um, the back end, like posting and things like that. Thank God they started doing scheduling. Like, I love that aspect. They added that. I don't know if, you know, that's available, but um, yeah, I just feel like LinkedIn is a little bit more behind tech wise than like some of the other ones. Like I have nothing against food. You should post food. I have nothing against that. I always post food on Facebook. I wouldn't post it on I LinkedIn know. because, because I'm not, I don't do what you do, but for you, you should post food because that's what you do. Like Dan Ninerell is a chef. He should post food you want to see it and for you you can say hey eat this not that and how about you rich well what's what's well i can tell you what i don't like about it. i'm listening to you guys and going damn i didn't know you get hit on people on face on linkedin but you know no i'm not kidding i'm kidding dear no i didn't mean that but i don't know i don't know enough about it i guess the biggest thing i don't i don't like about it. And i learned some stuff on one of your uh one of your networking groups steve i learned more about it and i remember who it was but how to use it better I don't use it well at all. That's what I don't like. I, it's like this big thing that I don't know much about. And I didn't know you could schedule posts. I didn't know you could, there's so many things I don't know about it. And and that's what I don't like. I wish I knew more about it and how to use it more effectively. So I like this part of the show because I don't read business books and, and a lot of people do. And a lot of people get a lot out of it. And, and I see that and I just, I don't have the attention span. I just can't, you know, but I, I, just, I don't, but what's, what's a book that you've recently read or read in the past that has made an impact on you. And, and it could be something you read, you know, I know Rich is probably green eggs at hand for you, but it could be something that was years ago or just recently, but TJ, what's a book? Have you read a book and it, it could be any kind of book that has, made an impact on you yeah um book that came to mind recently is uh i've been doing a lot of reading with um the tyson group so we actually do tyson group training here with uh the commanders but lance tyson wrote a book called selling is an away game and it's very much talking about it actually pretty much perfectly describes what it is like selling in sports um but very much talking about how like we can get caught up in kind of selling uh, our product without actually listening to what someone is actually looking for um, and very much kind of takes it into perspective of like, Hey, like, yes, like we have an awesome product. We have a cool thing. Like people love sports, but at the same time, like people aren't going to buy just because they love sports. Like there's gotta be a reason behind it where it very much kind of jumps into the psychology behind why um, people do purchase and why they purchase what we offer. Uh, and very much dives into like how we're able to kind of work around that and use that in our favor compared to not. <laughs> how about you, Nicole? What's a book? I, I, you, you, I, I fathom you as someone who likes, who reads a lot of books. I, um, yes, I haven't in a while. I actually do audible.com a lot because I can walk on the treadmill and listen to it, but hands down my favorite life-changing book. I read it in I think it was 2011 and it seriously shifted my perspective because I was not in a good headspace at that point but it's um Jen Sincero's You Are a Badass um I disclaimer there are a lot of f-bombs in that book so if you don't like f-bombs and c-words and things like that don't read it <laughs> 
but um, she is from New York. She's Jewish. She's got the whole New York Jewish accent thing. She's hysterically funny. I love listening to it on Audible, but I also have the hard copy, the ebook. Like, I mean, it's one of those books where like when I'm having a rough day, I flip through it and whatever page it lands on, I'm like, oh yeah, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. So how about you, Rich? So I'm going to get, use an oldie but goodie and a book I read multiple, multiple times back in high school and college, frankly. Um, and I think that it, it's, it's one that despite that, I think it was written in 1938, you can build a whole selling and business career just based on the principles of the book called how to win friends and influence people. Um, whether it's business or personal, um, Dale Carnegie had it all down. Um, I'd be curious to see what the Dale Carnegie programs do today, because we're in a different world than knocking on people's doors and shaking hands all the time. And, uh, you know, in a digital world, I imagine they've adapted to it, but the principles stay the same, I think. So all of you are different ports of your life. How do you define success? What, what to you, what is success? I mean, people can define it by cars. It says you're different. TJ, what, what's, what do you, how do you define success? So success for me now is a lot different than how success was for me five years ago. Like five years ago, I was very much on the grind, like making money. Um, and after I went through my diagnosis and having to overcome that, like for me, success is very much at the end of the day, getting being able to relax and look back and say, okay, like I'm happy. Like that's, that's very much what I look forward to very much. Um, what I strive for, like that's what I'm looking to accomplish in this life is be happy at the end of the day. When it all comes down to it, it doesn't matter how much money I make. It doesn't matter the cars or whatever I buy. It's more so for me, the impact on people that I have and how I view myself. How about you, Nicole? Yeah, similar. Um, I'm going to steal a sort of quote from Grant Cardone. I want to freaking ding the universe. Like I want to, even though I'm 50, I feel like I'm just getting started. Like I want to make such a big impact in this world for uh, everybody in general, like, but mostly women that just are hating themselves skinny, like that doesn't need to happen. And really stopping that generational cycle that we just keep perpetuating onto our kids of how to eat and, you know, how to hate yourself, basically. Um, I would love to see a mindset shift in general of like, just how people, you know, the more I feel like the more you love yourself, like, and understand yourself, I think we would be better people to other people, right? So yeah, that is, that is how I define success. Like really making an impact in this world. How about you, Rich? So uh, like TJ, my, my, uh, my definition has changed many times, um, over the years. And, you know, early on it was, I gotta be really wealthy and I want to make a lot of money and that's, what's going to make me happy. And, um, you know, I, when I came into this business, I did it specifically knowing that I could make a nice living, but I wasn't going to. I could have gone elsewhere and made even more, but wasn't going to make me happy. Um, so success for my business is helping help more and more kids and making and changing families' lives and all that. And, you know, we've all in our lives have met plenty of people been quote successful in their careers. And you look at them and go, yeah, but I wouldn't want that. If, if being successful meant being that, I don't want to be that. So, you know, I, I think I'm going to use a phrase that, uh, no, a friend of mine says all the time, don't be an asshole. I, who, says I, that, I, who says that, Coop? I say, mine say, don't be a jerk. I don't say asshole. Oh, I, I thought you said asshole. Don't all right, be a jerk. 
Yeah, I, I, so my success is to be bald. So I've, I've kicked ass. So that was my success. So final win. question. I win. Final question. I always I always like to hear the answers to this. Um, someone comes up to you bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. They can be getting out of high school. They can be getting out of college. They can be starting a second career. Or they could just be getting out of trade school. They want to make shit happen. Okay? They're getting out into the business <clears throat> world. Okay? What is the advice you would give them if they came up to you as like a mentor or as a confidant and said, you know, hey, Coop, what what should I do? And I'd say, you know, you'd give them advice. What would you tell them, Nicole? Well, I would do two parts. I would say one, follow your guts, like really trust your instincts, but also get a really good coach that is doing the things that you've all, you want to do and have, has done it successfully right? Of course, you want to get a coach that is going to help you um, in whatever career you decide. But yeah, definitely trust your instincts and get a great coach. How about you, TJ? So there's a lot of things that come to mind when talking about this. And I know Coop mentioned that you do a lot of work with younger people that are like coming out of college and such. I do the same. I was actually on a call last night um, with a football player from my alumni, uh, Shippensburg University, who was saying that they were looking to get into sports and I was telling him like, look, like go to this professor because that person very much helped me in making sure that my resume was up to date. I was being professional in interviews uh, and such. But I, then I also, what I tell a lot of people is like, make sure that when you're crafting your resume, you're crafting your resume around the job that you're going for. So someone who's going for a job in sales is not going to have the same resume that's going to be for someone that's going for a job in accounting or a job in marketing. Like you want to highlight different aspects of who you are and what you've done in your life thus far. This way it very much resonates with what the job that you are applying for. How about you, Rich? So a few things. One, similar to what Nicole and TJ said, first of all, surround yourself with people who are successful in, in, in the field and outside the field. You know, people who maybe it's, you know, maybe not selling seats for the for the commanders, but maybe it's somebody who's networking to sell cars or something else. It, you know, surround yourself with people who are successful. Um, listen to experts. Um, you know, don't think you know it all. And and I think you know, make sure you're going to be happy in what you do. And you know, I've been coaching, not coaching, but chatting with some younger folks lately who are not real thrilled about what they've been doing, making a lot of money, but not real thrilled. And you know, life's too short. It's too short, you know, we're spending, the, we spend more time at work than we do at anything else, maybe except for sleeping. So, you know, if you're going to do it, make sure you're going to enjoy it because it ain't worth it if you're not going to enjoy it. That was great. I want to thank you all for coming on today. Now, how can people get in touch with you? Nicole, if they want to find out more about you and what you do, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, definitely go to NicoleSimonin.com. Like I said, I'm rebranding. So you can also follow me on my personal Facebook page that will keep you up to date of everything in case that Nicole Simonin link doesn't jump you over to the new one. <laughs> How about you, TJ? Very active on LinkedIn. I've got it as my second screen every single day. So please feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn, TJ Smeg. And you, Mr. Bernstein? Uh, well, I am on LinkedIn as well and, and my personal name, but... Um, corporate website, which covers all the franchisees is HuntingtonHelps.com. And I'm at the Cherry Hill and Turnersville location. So you can just find me on those.
places as well. And people, you can uh, reach me at the coop tank at yahoo.com. Uh, if you want to advertise on the show, please hit me up. You know, the people who come on the show are business leaders in the community. And a lot of people who watch the show are their friends. So they're also business leaders. So wouldn't you want to get your message out to the business people? Also, Go to YouTube, search the Coop Tank, watch past shows, subscribe to the uh, network. There's a lot of there's a lot of good episodes, a lot of good valuable insight there. My other website is CooperTalk.net. You can find over 985 episodes of celebrities you know and musicians you listen to, and also. Go to Sweet Recording S U I T E Recording.com. Joe will take care of you. If you want to get a podcast, do it here. This is why I'm in the studio because he does a great job. So anyway, people. I'm having a good day. I hope you're having a good day, and I will all talk to you soon.